In this episode, Ishreen and I talk about authentic leadership. We talk to Neil Crofts, co-founder of Holos and Holocon, the annual leadership development conference. In our conversation, we talk about authentic leadership, what that means, and the key ingredients to being an authentic leader, such as our own personal authenticity and being our best selves skillfully in all situations, particularly when under pressure, and bringing the best selves out in other people and those around us. We talk about boss-style leadership versus authentic leadership. Can we still be directive in our leadership and be authentic? We talk about mastering compassion as a skill, even if it's not our normal go-to. Being authentic is not about letting all the crazy in you come out, but knowing how you show up as your best version of yourself and skillfully being that best version in all situations. On a day-to-day basis, this is a challenge. It can be tiring, but it can equally be tiring responding to challenges in inauthentic ways that may become the norm, because naturally we're not unkind people. But our environments, culture around us, particularly when we are short-term focus, pressured to deliver, can lead to behaviours that are not aligned with our best version of ourselves. So we need self-awareness, self-awareness of our triggers, self-awareness of what puts us into conflict and how we can mitigate against this. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realize a culture of inclusion for all. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this podcast episode. In this episode, we're exploring authenticity. And we're exploring authenticity in the context of social justice at work. So we've discussed before in previous episodes how social justice promotes fairness and equity across many aspects of society. And our focus in the Privilege Eruption podcast is the aspect of work. And in the work context, we've already discussed, and I'm just recapping for you, that social justice promotes equal economic, educational, and workplace opportunities. And it's also important to safety and security of individuals and teams. So these are critical issues for organizations nowadays, given that one main challenge in business today is attracting and retaining good talent. As I said, in this series, Kami and I are focusing on social justice in the workplace. And in our experience, authenticity and authentic leadership are critical to social justice at work and to the success of organizations and of the people who work in them. So now I'm delighted to introduce you to Neil Crofts. Neil is a CEO and co-founder at Holos Change, a consultancy that I work with and that's breaking new ground in how organizations and its leaders become future fit. 
So Neil's joining us today. He's a world-renowned expert in the field of authenticity. He's got a best-selling book about the subject, and I'm really excited for us to share this conversation with you. In this conversation, we're going to look at a few things. We're going to look at what we mean by authenticity and authentic leadership and in the context of social justice at work. We're going to look at why your organization should care about authenticity and also what it looks like when it works, when it doesn't work, and how you can create a safe environment for leaders to be authentic so that they can ensure social justice at work. So, Neil, welcome. Cami, hi. Welcome, Neil. Hello, hello, welcome. Hi, hi, Cami. Hi, Ishreen. Lovely to be here. Great, Neil. So, listen, I'd love, Neil, for you to share about how authenticity and authentic leadership show up in your work and with the organizations that you work with and why you think it's so important. <laughs> okay. Uh, how long have you got? Um, so, uh, so uh, Holos has a vision. Uh, and our vision is for universal authentic leadership. Um, so we believe the world will be a better place when all leadership in business, in the public sector, in education, wherever you, wherever leadership is found, when all leadership is authentic. Um, we actually also believe that uh, leadership and authentic leadership specifically is the only superpower that can save the world. So, uh, so we we believe quite strongly in this stuff. Um, and uh, how it shows up in our work is effectively we teach authentic leadership to uh, people in businesses largely. I mean, organizations uh, generally, but um, we certainly don't exclude other organizations. We do work with other organizations, but it tends to be in the business sector. And I think um, historically, I think I and probably many others had quite a, a negative uh, association with large corporations and so on, but of course, large corporations are full of people, and um, and and people can be more or less authentic in their work, uh, and and so that that's what we do. We we focus on that, and uh, and it's um, it, it it's it's very positively received. I would say we were we were running a session yesterday for a um, an executive team of an oil company. Uh, and they were so appreciative of the session we did yesterday. It was it was genuinely transformational for for all of them. And then that's in in a, in two days. I mean, it was it was fantastic. So and that's and that's the executive team of an oil company, an Italian oil company. I don't know if that makes any difference, but but you know, it's really it's really interesting uh, how how appreciated it is how um self-affirming it is how how much of an opportunity people find it mm. it almost becomes a relief for them that they can be themselves again yeah. 100%, 100%. on my first book i wrote there was a, a line on the jacket which was um have you ever felt a tension between who you are and what you do mm. and that that tension is very real for a great many people um and i and i suspect i suspect that as you become more senior in organizations for many people that tension increases uh and so absolutely it's a relief 
it's like wow you know i don't need to, <laughs> i don't need to keep pretending i can i can say what's on my mind uh, skillfully as long as i do it skillfully exactly mm-hmm. yeah right so look i know you've just done a two-day program and i know that you that's not you, you kind of extend it beyond um and i also i want to bring in cami here as well and I'd love us to have a conversation about the benefits when organizations and leaders empower. Mm. I've, I've got a question before we talk about benefits. Well, maybe it aligns with the question, mm. a nice little segue potentially. So I, I, I don't, I don't work in the area of authentic leadership. I, I, I like to think I, I, I think it's necessary in the work that I do in the culture space. That I think any kind of culture change program requires some sort of leadership development and focus on leadership behaviors but in itself i'm not you know i don't i don't um do any kind of authentic leadership work in the way that you both do but i do i do have a question though that keeps coming up for me in the work that i do with with organizations and that is to what extent is is authentic leadership and spending time on authentic leadership and I love that you call it a superpower, Neil. To what extent is that only the privilege of the people at the very top of the organisation? So, and, I mean, and how in, do we make our, that a, a wider, a wider accessible thing? Yeah. No. In our in our conception, um, leadership is a skill, not a person, mm. uh, and it's actually a skill that organisations need everyone in the organisation to use. Uh, so we absolutely would not distinguish leadership skill uh, should be deployed across the organization. I mean, if you if you think about conventional organizations in the past where they're very hierarchical and and success is is uh, organizations can be successful simply by being reliable. You know, if they just do what they say they're going to do. Uh, then in in that context, leadership is actually unpopular um, because what you're trying to do is to be reliable. So the skill that you want most of is the skill of management, not leadership, because management is fundamentally the skill of keeping things reliable and leadership is fundamentally the skill of creating change. So in that situation, in the conventional organisation, you you don't want leadership anywhere in the organization <laughs> maybe at the very top but but it's generally unpopular yeah. uh, i mean literally you know you'll be familiar i'm sure everyone listening will be familiar with that experience of being in a meeting or being in a conversation with someone and saying how about we do something different how about we try something new and being told oh, no we don't do stuff like that around here uh, you know that is literally an act of leadership that is being suppressed because leadership only exists in the presence of followers. Leadership is defined by followership. So if you if you propose something, that's an act of leadership. If no one follows you, you're you're not leading. You're not able to lead. So so um, in it, what, what the dif- the distinction we make is between this idea of conventional organisations, ones that can be successful simply by being reliable, and post-conventional organisations, ones that have to transform as well as be reliable, ones that are are subject to disruption. And the reality today is that all organizations are subject to disruption, whether it's whether it's digitization or sustainability or decarbonization or the aging population or uh, climate change or war or 
political turmoil or <laughs> whatever organization you're in, you are currently subject to disruption. And therefore, you know, if all you're doing is managing reliability, you're effectively managing decline. So, so which is fine, you know, if you want to decline, that's okay. But if you don't want to decline, then you need to change. And if you need to change, you need to adopt the skills of leadership. And, and you need leadership throughout the organization, not just at the top. Because what you need in the organization in order to be successful in a post-conventional world is you need people to feel a sense of ownership. Uh, and you need mm. uh, you need that agility and adaptability, not absolutely not at, just at the top, because you certainly need it at the top. We've been in organizations where you've got agility at the bottom and not at the top, and that doesn't work either. Um, so you need you need that you need leadership skill throughout the organization. Leadership, I mean, we are very clear, leadership is a choice and it's a skill that people can use. It is not a person. We don't talk about leaders or managers. We talk about leadership and management. Yeah, nice. Sorry, that was it. Nice. You, you, you got a rant out of me there. <laughs> um, Neil, I remember we worked with an organisation many years ago where they decided that they didn't want leadership and they only wanted management. I don't know if you remember that. And, and then yeah, they yeah, yeah. Cut, it, um, cut it all back to their cost. I'm pleased to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, go on. So, yes, I'd love to get back to, you know, long term, what are the benefits? You've covered one of them, which is basically survival in this disruptive environment. But what are the other benefits to organizations when leaders empower authenticity? Because, you know, I, I totally align with you on on authenticity has to go right across the organization, but it needs a culture that empowers it, I think. And yeah. so let, let's, let's, let's start by defining authentic leadership. Yeah. So authentic leadership uh, enables sustained success by, so creates sustained success by enabling everyone to be the best version of themselves as much of the time as possible. And by best, we mean authentic. So that best authentic version of yourself. So that, that's what authentic leadership does, as opposed to just leadership. Authentic leadership does that, and and we we define uh, we define authentic leadership in contrast to what we call boss style leadership. Yeah. So boss style leadership is a style of leadership which um, which generates only generates short term success by stealing from the future, and and prioritizes loyalty over competence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So authentic style leadership. Uh, prioritizes um, character over competence, is primarily motivated by purpose, and 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 in a, and creates sustained success. Boss style leadership, primarily motivated by status, and only creates short term success because it only creates success by stealing from the future. And that, but having said all of that, there's a really big catch here, which is um, most people who show up as boss style leaders are not authentically boss-style leaders. They're only behaving that way because they're triggered, because it's not safe to be their true selves. So, so for sure, there are people who are genuinely, authentically boss-style leaders. You know, that, of course, that's true. But most of the people, I mean, and I mean a huge majority, like 90% of the people who appear to be boss-style leaders are only doing it because they're triggered. They're stressed, they're tired, the culture is unsafe, 
uh, it's the only role model they've ever had. It, all of those things uh, play into it. Um, and, and sorry, just one bit more. So, and if you were to if you were to follow them home and see them at their best in their you know in their, in their cultural groups or their diwaniers or their sports team or their theatre group or you know if you were to see them at their best, you would see them as authentic leaders. Um, and very often it's actually the act of walking through the door of the office that yeah. triggers people to to lesser versions of themselves. Yeah, I think it's a taught behavior as well. You know, I know some um, some people who are very stoic in, in their personality until they're supporting their football team. And then they get in my eye and, you know, so that's, um, for me, that's like their true selves being let out, right? That's the only place they taught to let release. Yeah. Well, so I think, so, I mean, in terms of learned behavior, so, you know, um, we are we are deeply, deeply encultured with hierarchy from childhood. And, and you know, it, it's hard to see, to some extent, how you avoid that. You know, parents kind of have to be hierarchical with their children. When we're when we're very young, we're we have a dependent level of maturity. We're not really good at taking the initiative. You know, we, we can't do those things. So so you have this necessary hierarchy, both at home and at school. Um, and so, you know, at that stage, we are we're very firmly, you know, our role models are very are, are very are very hostile. You know, they're very um, they're very much in that space. Uh, you know, our parents, e- even with the best will in the world, have have to have more status in a way than than children do. So, you know, you, it's hard to get away. The thing that absolutely boggles my mind is that leadership. The only institution that teaches leadership to young people in our society is the military. We we just don't teach leadership to to people in their twenties. I mean, at all. And and that's you know given given how extraordinarily important it is. Uh, I find that amazing. I think that's probably because we as as you know we, and I come across it a lot as well. Is we don't really understand. There's no real understanding of what leadership means. Yeah. And you think about well, leadership, you think teach. about the, the people <laughs> at the very top of the organisation. You don't think about yourself and your own role within that structure and how you yeah. can be an effective leader. Something you said, both 100%. of you said. There are, there are six, yeah. Sorry, there are 60,000 books on leadership on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. And yet we still don't understand it. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, that's why we have people like you and uh, Neil and Ishreen, right, to 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 actually talk about it because you've done all the reading and the research. So, <laughs> um, I, I, I there, there is another question that I've got. I hope you don't mm. mind me hijacking the the questions bit, but um, you talk about being the best version of yourself. You know, that's that's what authenticity is about. You know, being that best version, but in the workplace. And Ishreen, you'll be very familiar with this. And Neil, I'm sure you've come across this this as well, is that we talk about bringing your whole self to work. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm of the opinion that to bring to enable somebody to bring their whole self to work, the organisation itself needs to be set up to enable that, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. leaders, managers, <laughs> so on and so on. Cammy. Policies, practices. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, they all need to be in place. Ishreen, go, go, go. So I'd love to come to that conversation because that's a critical conversation, but I'd love mm. us to just have a bit more context before we get to that, if that's all right with sure. you. Sure, okay. Good. 
Um, Because that's a great question. We need to tackle that. Um, But I'd love to spend a little bit of time looking at the benefits when organizations and leaders empower authenticity. So you can actually have authentic leadership by everybody in the organization. And um, in my experience, it's that everything that we say is good management, good leadership becomes possible, right? So things like Um, stronger collaboration and better communication between teams and a positive work environment. Um, Yeah, because my experience is when we've been able to empower authentic leadership in organizations is that people do share openly and we do celebrate successes and and we're confident enough to raise challenges, you know. So that's, that's, I'd I'd love us to just explore that a bit further. Actually, from your experience, 100%. Yeah. so so we actually we actually articulate a business case for authentic leadership, uh, and and you're absolutely right. I mean, it includes all of those things. So so authentic, what authentic leadership does fundamentally is to create an environment of psychological safety and trust, mm-hmm. and in that environment of psychological safety and trust, cognitive and background diversity can flourish. So so in your in an environment which lacks psychological safety and safety and trust. It's very difficult for people to speak their mind. It's very difficult for people to be creative. It's very difficult for people to take decisions. It's very difficult for people to have a contrary point of view. It's very difficult for people to bring their whole sort of cultural background and, and brilliance into the room. So, so authentic leadership, psychological safety, cognitive background, cognitive and background diversity. And in when we have that, when we allow cognitive and background diversity to flourish, what we get is creativity, decisiveness, um, mm. uh, new ideas, all of that sort of stuff. And all of that and discretionary effort. We get discretionary effort because people are more committed to what they're doing because they, they believe in what they're doing because they're part of the, partly the author of it. Uh, and, then, and that, of course, increases productivity uh, and, uh, and that increases uh, profitability and also defends the organization against disruption. So there is a there is an absolutely solid business case, and then and, and and on the flip side of all of that, of course, and and we've worked in some organisations that have had disasters. Uh, uh, on the on the flip side of that, of course, when you've got that sense of psychological safety and trust, you feel you can feel that sense of ownership, and you can speak up when you see things going wrong. And if you if you want to name any corporate disaster. I mean, any corporate disaster, there were people who knew what was going wrong and and they were unable to raise their concerns in an effective way uh, to prevent that disaster. And and I, I expect we've met some of those people who were trying to, who you who were unable to do that. And uh and and some of those disasters can be really expensive. So so you you're not not only are you um, gaining on the plus side, but you're also protecting yourself from risk. The, the, the business case for authentic leadership is completely unarguable. Totally clear. And the costs are not just in terms of financial costs, right? The environment and safety. So, I, yes, absolutely. And everything, right? Uh, so, well, I, and and just a, just on a human level as well. I, I mean, I put the business case because because I don't want people to think this is some sort of fluffy libertarian ideological thing. You know, there is there is hard business value in doing this. But, you know, as you say, you know, there's every other benefit as well. 
We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organization. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.